right, we are here shifting focus. We have Becca Manley in the house. She's going to talk to us about some sustainability with real estate and some future projects. We cannot wait to dive into all of this. It's going to, it's so on topic right now. And we'd love to hear your story. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Um, this is actually my first podcast, so I'm a little bit nervous. Bear with me. Uh, so a little bit of my story, uh, I guess the fast forwarded version of it would be I went to school at Auburn, went to school for psychology. War Eagle, baby. I know, War Eagle. I know. You never know what people's reaction is going to be with that. So yeah. yeah. You got I went Bama to school at Auburn and then like sort of Bama. Yeah, you passed it. Her entire friend circles, either Bama or oh, yeah. Auburn. Oh, yeah. Mascot was. I mean, there's nowhere else, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Agree. Sorry, Bama. the West Sorry, Coast, Bama from fans. like all the Cal USC people out there. Yeah. That's all right. It's all right. They're all joining. Yeah, it's okay. They're all right? joining. Okay. They're all joining okay. the SEC and Big Twelve, anyways. Now, oh, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Yeah. So I, I went to War Eagle. <laughs> in the middle, we're just gonna have random outbursts of War Eagle everywhere. You know. Uh, so yeah. So I went to school there, and then I moved to Destin, which is where I live now. I started working for a criminal defense attorney, and uh, so went from a criminal defense attorney to working video production and marketing, and then. And I dipped my toes into health and wellness. I have like a fascination with how the body can heal itself when given the right tools. And that's a whole other topic. So I did that and then actually got into real estate kicking and screaming. And it's sort of like an interesting story because how I got into it was actually a uh, lady that did my birth chart. So she was doing a reading for me for my birthday. And she ended up, she was like, oh, all your money's in real estate. All your money's in real estate. And I was like, Oh, please, God, no. Like, I was like, everybody and their mom is a real estate agent. Like, please, no. And uh, after doing a road mapping session with one of my mentors, at the end of it, he's like, okay, can we agree that everything here on the right is your passions? Everything here on your left is, you know, your vehicles? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, would you be surprised to know that 80% of your passions all have to do with real estate? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Are you sure? You know, can you redo it, please? Like, please. One more time. I don't think that was right. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of it had to do with um, saving land and um, being able to build uh, sustainable communities and all these different things that for some reason I didn't connect it with real estate. So, uh, so that started. So a few months later, I got into real estate and uh, started noticing quite a few problems within real estate and mostly on the development side. So whenever I started working for this brokerage or actually prior to that, I was working video production. We did video for after um, Hurricane Michael hit. Mm. And so we were videoing the aftermath of that. And then a few months later, they asked us to come back to show, hey, you know, we're rebuilding. We want people to come back. So when we went to video that one of the first things that sort of sparked was I was like, we're building the exact same way that we just now saw get completely flattened and destroyed. So that was, you know, one thing that had happened. And then when I got into real estate, one of the first properties that I was going to be listing had all these like beautiful trees on it. And I was so excited. And one of the first people that looked at it was like, was an investor that was like, Oh, well, you know, I'm superstitious. So I'm going to cut down all the trees. And I was like, <gasps> And I about had a breakdown. And so it started. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I relate. I cry. I mourn. I mourn a lot of trees. She I hates driving down 98 and seeing them clear something. She's like, no. Oh, I hate it. Oh, my gosh. I hate it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to come in. If I had if I had millions of dollars, I would buy hundreds of acres and I would save the trees. I would just sit with it. I'd exactly. be like, nobody touch it. Exactly. Nobody touch it. 
Lead oh, yeah. the, tre- the trees, man. Exactly. That's another comment. We can get yeah, into that. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. And yeah, we yeah. definitely will. So, yeah. so superstition, and he mm-hmm. wanted to cut the trees down. He wanted to cut the trees down. Monster. I know. <laughs> I, I was so disappointed. Yeah. Uh, so it got me sort of thinking about real estate in a different way of like, okay, like there's obviously a lot of problems out here. And so how can we fix them? So I ended up going to my brokers in um, October of 2021 and was like, so and verbatim was like, I don't understand why we keep building the same shit over and over again, watch it get destroyed by a hurricane and then build it again. Like it makes zero sense. So if we are going to be building, can we make it more eco-friendly? Can we make it more resilient? Can we make it more this and that? And by the end, they were like, listen, we love the idea. We just don't know anything about it. So if you want to figure it out, we're behind you 100%. We just don't know anything about it. And, you know, and they're, you know, really well known in 38 areas. So they're doing great. Yeah. (laughs) So they're just like, yeah, but if you want to figure it out, go for it. I was like, okay. So so I ended up sort of challenge accepted. Exactly. (laughs) So I sort of took it upon myself and started gathering different architects and engineers and general contractors and was just basically went in saying, hey, here's a problem. Here's my vision. And I want to fix it. I don't know how, but I know you do. So congratulations. (laughs) You're going to work with me. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Good for you. Well, recently, the couple tornadoes that came in and hit like Freeport and Panama City, you saw that. Did mm-hmm. you see those like stacked little condos that are on its side? Mm-hmm. Someone locally said that the exact same ones fell when Hurricane Michael's in. Like the exact. Mm-hmm. So they've rebuilt the same one, as you said, the exact same way. Yep. And they're yep. just tipping over. Exactly. Yeah. And then we wonder why the insurance companies are fleeing Florida mm-hmm. like freaking mice in a... I don't know what would be an yeah, example. What would, what would mice be in? Mice in a subway station, but they're not. <laughs> they're more rats. Those are rats, yeah. <laughs> so what... Fling. People fleeing like uh, people fleeing California, New York to come here to this beautiful state. And then they're here and then they're like for us. I don't I mean, I can't say what other people, but what we've been talking about in our community is everyone's escrow mortgage accounts have just been going up. I mean, Mm -hmm. ours went up 30 percent in the first year and it's now twelve hundred dollars total in two years per month. We've gone. I'm like, how do people buy houses? They buy it thinking I can afford that mortgage. They do a calculator for it. And yeah. then six months in, they're like, psych, going up. Yeah. And then yeah. and then the next year, you're like, okay, maybe that was just a fluke. And then the second year, you're up again. And so what we're seeing is people can't afford their houses anymore out mm-hmm. here. So yeah. Florida's in a deep doo-doo there. Mm-hmm. And then also when people want to rent their house, they're like, okay, I'll just rent it. But now what they can get renting wise versus what they owe on their escrow, yeah. they can't afford it anyway. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah our neighbor's funny. doing it. Mm-hmm. He's got to leave. And he's like, I'll just rent it because I love the area. Mm-hmm. But his mortgage is forty one hundred, and yeah. it's a three bedroom that won't rent for more than like thirty four, thirty five hundred. So right. I have to sell it. Yeah. I have yeah. no choice now. He can't. He's in it. He's in, taking a hit. Yeah. So I don't know if you can speak on that. If if you have any insight as to if that's maybe building more sustainability wise would help mm-hmm. the insurance companies feel more confident. They won't have as many claims. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what? What kind of benefits do you guys offer with your new builds? Yeah, so I can't go too in depth with exactly what we're offering, but I will say we got Yet. some exciting things. Yeah, exactly. Yet, Yet. <laughs> we got some exciting things coming down the pipeline. Uh, but one of the things that I was trying to address with this company was I wanted to revolutionize the built environment um, because what we're doing is not working, and you don't have to be an expert to know that it's not working. So uh, basically, I was like, okay, well, what if we could create houses that are affordable and are eco-friendly? Because you know, just having any energy efficiency throughout it, you're able to cut down on your monthly costs. And then um, 
And then also with using different innovative technologies like 3D printing being an example of it, you save so much on the labor side of it, you're able to now put those savings more into energy efficiency. But what I really want to do is create houses that are, you know, essentially hurricane proof. Because right now our building code here in our area, it varies all over Florida anywhere from around 100 uh, to stand uh, wind loads of 130 mile per hour all the way to around 195 mile per hour Mm -hmm. when you're in Miami. But in our area, it only requires up to 160 mile per hour winds. Well, Hurricane Michael hit at 211 miles. So that doesn't do anything. (laughs) Bye bye houses. Exactly. (laughs) And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what are we doing? And it's just very frustrating. So, you know, this company was sort of born out of my frustration, but also hope for humanity that we will, you know, quit destroying nature but learn from nature Mm -hmm. and since storms are getting stronger and stronger you can't deny that they're getting stronger so we need to have homes that can meet that standard and be structurally sound so that people don't have to keep reliving traumas over and over and over again and you know with one of my first clients that i had they had just survived a hurricane in louisiana Mm -hmm. and lost everything and then they're looking to us as agents to put them in a house, like a good house, Mm -hmm. where they don't have to relive that again. And so it's very disheartening whenever I can walk into houses and be like, this isn't gonna last. Like, and I don't want them to relive that over and over and over again, it's Mm -hmm. stupid. So um, so what we're trying to do is create houses, one by working with the uh, roofing structure. The roof is the first thing that goes during a hurricane. So one of the things that you can do is make sure that you have a good roof but we have some engineers that are working on a different type of roofing structure and then also what technology allows us to do now is design the home in such a way where it's not getting so impacted by the storm so for instance houses on the beach right now they're built in a box so it's just a a flat surface <laughs> that wind is hitting against. Pounds against it. Yeah. It's versus, a no-brainer. Yeah, versus rounding it out and letting it go past it. You know, so it's just little things like that that our company is looking at with the design, also the materials. We didn't want to use anything that um, emits carbon dioxide, <clears throat> concrete. So we didn't want to do anything <laughs> like that. And But we wanted to use materials that are structurally sound. And so some of the stuff I can't really share, but that's where we're going yeah. with mm-hmm. that. I love it. Those are good little teasers. Yeah, I like it. it <laughs> but when you think about it logically, it just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, when hearing you talk about it, it's like, duh. What are we doing? How, how does it take somebody like you to come in, like somebody with a fresh set of eyes, to say this is not? Yeah, this isn't what we. This isn't working. Mm-hmm. You know, also, how is it taking now yeah. to realize it? Is it that people just haven't had the time and space because they're just in this routine? Is it the city that's mm-hmm. setting up certain blocks for contractors? You know, what do you find is What's the biggest pushback that you've had, I guess? People don't like change. What would that be? What's this young young girl, young girl in this area coming in and changing things? That's, has that been a big like struggle for you trying to get their minds to shift? Oh my gosh. So I'm a 28 year old female going into engineering firms and architect firms and going to, um, invention, like inventor, uh, ceremonies, ceremonies, (laughs) inventor expos and all of that. And so you're at like an expo where it's about inventions. Mm. And I had people be like, well, that's never been done before. And I'm like, you do realize that we're at an invention expo. Hello. None of this stuff has been done before, you know? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I've had a lot of pushback with, you know, just me being a female in general. But what I will say is, I think one of my biggest strengths is I'm not an expert in construction and development, which is funny because my company is going to be construction. 
of it. Mm -hmm. But my strength is I'm not. And I've had a lot of people be like, oh, well, did you major in construction management? And I'm like, no, if I did, I'd probably be part of the problem. Right. So it's mainly, I think my strength is I'm not an expert. So I'm able to see it with a fresh set of eyes mm -hmm. and just know that it's sort of up to our generation and below to change the way things are. Because right now, um, other generations seem to be okay with mediocrity and i'm just not yeah <laughs> so so the biggest thing has been change because change is scary yeah and um <laughs> you know and just people don't they're scared of things that they don't understand mm -hmm. so the main thing is getting a product out there where they can go in touch and feel and see and see the whole process be done because until then they're sort of like eh, i don't really know and i don't really believe you until you prove otherwise mm -hmm. so they're like, okay, you're cute. And yeah, like, exactly. Mm -hmm. Hold my beer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I definitely have said to people, I'm like, listen, this is the way that the future is going, whether mm -hmm. you like it or not. So hop on the train or move out of the way. Mm -hmm. Like those are your only two options. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking about being an expert. So how did you find experts around this team that you're doing? Because you're claiming, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the expert. So how do you, how would one start if somebody has an, a vision like you do? So... A couple of different things on that is, yeah, like you said, I'm not an expert. Don't claim to be. Probably never will be. Um, I'll remind you this conversation in a couple of years. We were like, boom, I'm an expert. I'm an expert. <laughs> Tell, ask me questions. Right. I got this. I got it. Um, so one of the biggest things that I found is just in entrepreneurship in general is I think we have a different idea about it. There's been different ideas, or at least me, I was very conditioned to you have to be working hard in order to get something done. You have to be studying hard in order to get something done. And, you know, even with real estate, oh, make a hundred phone calls and you'll get that one yes. And I'm like, why not just be still and figure out what that one yes is and call them? Like you got a yes, not because you did a hundred phone calls, it's because you called the right person. Mm -hmm. So a big part of how I found the people that I have is I had to learn how to be still and just act when I felt inspired to do so. Gosh, I, you just you sound like my wife right now. I'm like, babe, See, let's go. We, we, we gotta so we gotta do some stuff today. She's like, I gotta be still and figure this out. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, I'm gonna go get some shit done right no, now. No, absolutely. But I, I agree with you though, in terms of this the constant grind where it's like you yeah, gotta you get you, a burnout. But you absolutely. know what you're doing first, but yeah, continue. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so not acting until until you feel inspired to do so, and you'll be amazed at what happens because sometimes I can walk into a coffee shop and meet somebody there that, you know, is now a client, or I can just meet somebody randomly and be like, Oh, like because I was late for something, it made me have to stop here first. And then I ended up meeting the person that I need to meet. So only acting when I felt inspired to do so. And then another thing uh, that really helped it, when you are talking to experts, and I think as an entrepreneur, this is just good general advice, um, is always being curious. Curiosity is key in all of this because people are more likely to help you if you go in curious versus I know it all. And so I found experts because I went to their place of work and said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that you do. Can you help me? And they were, you know, everybody wanted to help. They're like, oh my gosh, actually, I've always been interested in sustainability or 3D printing or, you know, this and that, but nobody's ever pursued it. So yeah, I'm in. Cool. You know, so I think that those were the main things is, acting when, when you feel inspired to do so, not just doing it because somebody told you you need to do it. 
um, just doing it by how you feel. I've had to learn how to always make decisions by how I feel because every time I thought about it or made a plan, I only ran into obstacles and challenges. So I had to backtrack and I only do things when I feel that I need to do it. And that's how a lot of my decisions have not made sense to people logically, but I think they've gone pretty well so far. Do you find when you share your goals with people and your dreams and you're talking and you're inspired and you're passionate and you're like, I, I love this. Mm -hmm. And then the look on their faces are like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. That's, that's not going to work. I, why don't you go do this instead? Do you find that people project their own fears into your passion when you're sharing? Sometimes. Okay. And I will, and I will say that it's sometimes surprisingly less than I thought that it would be. But I think, and I guess another tip for entrepreneurs is if you're passionate and you believe in it, you're going to get them excited too. Like these experts wanted to work with me because I went in and said, this is what I'm making happen with or without you. <laughs> like is basically what it came down Good for to. you. Yeah. So if you're just passionate about something, they typically will feel that passion too. Now I have had people that, you know, they strictly go by spreadsheets and analytics and logic. And they're just looking at me like, Oh, bless her little heart. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure you want to create an amazing company. Like, but mm, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but the majority of people are like, man, okay, you're, you're just excited. Okay, I'm excited too. I yeah. had a mentor say, I don't know what you're talking about, but I am so excited. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. How important is mentorship for you throughout this process? Oh, oh I, I cannot express um, how important mentorship is. And I think that we need to rethink is how people think about mentors is sometimes people think, oh, I need to hire a life coach or something like that. But mentors can be anybody. I have friends that are mentors. I mean, actually, basically all of my mentors are basically friends, um, but it's people that you can turn to that can give you a different perspective about what you're doing. Because sometimes when you do have your like close knit of friends, they tend to think just like you, right? So it's sort of useful and helpful to be able to find people that are outside of that scope that can offer that new perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I the mentors that I have, I would not be where I'm at right now without them. So mm -hmm. I cannot stress that enough. Find a mentor. <laughs> yeah. I know that you've talked a lot about in the beginning, you were, you were expressing all the different positions and the jobs that you've held and the titles you've held over the years. Mm -hmm. Where in your life did you have to shift your focus to step into this arena, into this, this column of real estate? And how, how did that feel? What, what was that like for you? Oh, scary. Yeah. <laughs> I have had to shift focus a lot within my life, but I think the moments that I realized it was time to shift focus was when my heart was speaking louder than my mind. But again, getting back to being still, you don't know what your heart sounds like versus your mind unless you've been still enough and gotten to know it, mm -hmm. right? So for me, it's always been when my heart was speaking louder and again, coming back to how I feel. And Again, most things didn't make sense that I did the decisions that I made. I'm like, well, I'm just going by how I feel. So, <laughs> and you know, I women know that doesn't make sense, but here I go. And women are constantly scrutinized oh for the gosh. feeling. Don't feel, don't feel. Yeah. You feel too much. You're too yeah. sensitive. You're crazy. Like all those things mm -hmm. that come with the feelings, all those, mm -hmm. all those internal dialogue that people, women and men, mm -hmm. I'm not just going to categorize women in that, yeah. but 
that feel we're taught to almost turn off the feelings mm -hmm. don't feel so much mm -hmm. but what happens if you turn that dial up and you feel it all yeah so be careful with that because sometimes you can feel too much um <laughs> Like, like the like, trees. I'm like, please don't cut. I cry. We, oh, I do too. we yeah. went to a national park and we went through these trees and they had, there was a big burn and I literally, I cried. I cried mm -hmm. and I was like touching the ashed trees and I, my heart was just broken. Yeah. I feel. And that's exactly. why I don't know if you're like this in a way, but sometimes I can't go too down the rabbit hole because I'm too sensitive and it just my heart can't handle it. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God. Like animals. Oh, don't even get me started. Her, yeah, fe no, no. her feelings were hurt. And then you find out afterwards that it's a natural burn that they burn themselves from the inside on half of them. And she's like, "Oh, never mind." But that one, there, there were some of those. But, the, but the ones they we did drop learn. their own seedlings because they're trying to regrow and yeah. they cause a fire on inside of the redwoods on yeah. purpose. One of them was actually really awesome, and I was like, "Okay, I can, I feel better." My but favorite did it to itself because it's trying to repopulate. It spits out yeah, these that was cool. actual seedlings because it knows that it's gonna die like in a hundred years. So like, yeah. it, spent, it shoots out its own babies. Basically. And some of them don't like the redwoods don't die when they catch on fire, right? Mm -hmm. Some of those giant holes in the middle from the burn, they're still thriving. Yeah. Trees are fascinating. We're so, love trees. we're so ignorant when it comes to just cut it down, cut it down. Well, why? Wait a second. Yeah. You know, but that was, okay. I have so many questions for you and I'm sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Keep it going. We're good. When you, when, cause I know we're in a hurricane and tornado pocket. Yeah. Having trees around houses can be hurtful because people think, oh, this tree is hanging over my house. It's going to hit my roof. This might go too in detail of what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But is there a way to keep the trees and also save the house during storms? Or is, is it best to prune your trees and to monitor all of that? The only advice that I would give on that is basically just pruning and sort of the stuff that people probably already are doing where we could do things differently if you haven't built a house yet and you're looking to build a house is stop with the clear cutting for the love of god yeah and here in this area it blows my mind that developers will clear cut a piece of land and then come back and be like oh everything's flooding yeah. And I'm like, you do realize that this live oak could have gulped up 100 gallons of water in like 30 minutes, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know? so that's what blows my mind. So if you're looking to buy a house, I would recommend sort of picking and choosing which trees that you can let go of versus just going in and clear cutting and then wondering why you have a flooding problem later on in the future. Amen, sister. We have a neighbor. She's one of our best friends. She's 87, but she hates trees. <laughs> We are, we're on this three quarter acre lot. We have so many trees and she's like, just get rid of all the damn things. And, and like, Steph's no. like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, I like a forest. When, before we bought this house, our goal was to have a bunch of land. We were going to homestead. We wanted mostly forest with one little area cleared out just to put a house on yeah. and just let, let nature be nature. Mm -hmm. So when we found this place, I was like, we're buying it. Don't touch the yard. Like don't touch my trees. Don't mm -hmm. clear it out. I mean, obviously clearing sometimes if there's a fire, I understand, but yeah, nature is nature is natural it's mm -hmm. us who are coming in and just disrupting it mm -hmm. and so i don't know if you've ever been to hilton head have you been to hilton head um or like sedona because they're completely different places you've been they to hilton head or sedona. they are but what, what i like about both locations is they work with nature and you're only allowed to paint your house a certain color and if you're going to put a home depot up in a parking lot you work with the trees you don't tear them all down and so if you yeah. look you almost can't even see the commercialization of the community because it's all hidden by nature mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of shocking when you see it, but then you're like, oh, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is a good developer. But when mm -hmm. people just come in and clear and take all the topsoil 
and then they go back in and they plant trees later. I'm like, just leave the trees. You're, yeah. you're going to cost yourself a lot more money and then you're burning it all. I just can't, I don't mm-hmm. understand. I can't understand the concept behind it. Well, if the developer owns the tree service company mm-hmm. and then they get to back pocket everything and landscape it, it makes money. Sure. I mean, I understand the money, the business side of it. So that's the mindset you want to shift is maybe work with nature instead of just worry about making money all the time. Yeah. It's convenient to go in and clear it because maybe you can get your trucks in and out better. But Mm. in the long run, you know. Yeah. It's it's not doing anybody any Mm -mm. favors. Yeah. It's always something I'm always saying. I'm like, oh, silly little humans. Like (laughs) we think that we know better than nature. And then all of a sudden now we're coming back and looking to nature for the answers. Yes. Um which is what we should have been doing all along, but nobody asked yeah. me, I don't guess. My favorite is, I, <laughs> I think it was this administration came out with something and was like, we're going to put these carbon dioxide pulling machines out. And someone was like, you mean trees? <laughs> what are we, why are we, we're going to invest like 50 billion into building a machine when you can put trees in the city. And this was my whole thought with well, David. We <laughs> talked about this. I'm like, okay, you know, everyone always, and this is going to go down a conspiracy. We don't have to stay there. But when people say, <laughs> oh, I'm all about it. Let's good. go. Okay, good. When people are like, oh, the government cares about you. Okay, do that. They care. This whole, this global change, climate change, global warming, whatever. Mm-hmm. If the government cared that much, they would immediately stop developers from cutting down trees. They would make it a requirement that everybody had to put X amount of trees. Mm-hmm. Carbon dioxide suckers are trees and plants. Mm-hmm. And it's nature. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we encouraging that? Why aren't we stepping into that forefront and really like encouraging tree planting. Mm-hmm. But instead they're like, let's chop them down. Let's put in solar plants. Let's do mm-hmm. solar plants. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like thinking actual plants. plant. Not like solar a tree, panel. like a solar, <laughs> solar panel farm. Or, you know what I mean? Like, no, for sure. I just, uh, when people like they care, they don't care. If they cared, that would be the first step, right? Mm-hmm. Don't, I mean, is that is that an illogical response so for me to think? I will say with now being in the political realm pretty closely. Oh yeah, educate me, sister. Let's I know. Go. No, but but should I, we I, mention that we're with royalty right now? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, <laughs> Becca, who's your fiance? It's Bobby, Mayor of Destin. Oh, so, I know. Mayor of Destin. Know. He's such a cutie patootie. <laughs> I know. Um, but I will say, and so the political realm is never a place that I ever wanted to be mm-hmm. and did not know that I ever would be in it. Um, but it's now sort of, it's working out because I have now gained a different perspective. And I actually had to, sort of to... Um, add on to what you were saying I had somebody ask me not long ago they're like so like since you go to all these things have you noticed uh is the government really as corrupt as you as we think that it is oh great question I know and your perspective here's my result Um, (laughs) let me bring you my data sheet I'm gonna read you my response here on the graph (laughs) yeah exactly um so what I can say as merely being an observer in Mm -hmm. all of these uh meetings and conferences and all of that is is everybody on a local level, so your mayors, your city councilmen, your city managers, all of them, they genuinely do care and are wanting to do the right thing. They they genuinely do. Now, granted, everybody has different morals. They have different values, and we all get that. Everybody has their own different beliefs, and that's fine. But for the most part, I would say 98% of the local people that are in positions, they genuinely care, and they genuinely want to do good. Then you go up to the state level (laughs) and you'll get it probably, I'll give it 70, 30. That's my thing of like 70%. They genuinely like want what's best, but also keeping in mind that politicians are in there because they're good with people, right? So like they're people, 
they're people people like that's, that's what, yeah you know it's it's politicians that are good with people but sort of the issue with that and it's great because they care uh, but once you get to that next level, you know, most of them aren't engineers, they're not architects, they're not scientists or anything. So they get into these positions and then they're like, oh, there's actual problems we have to solve and we don't know how to solve them. We got in here because we're good, at, good with people, mm -hmm. but now there's problems and we don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. And so you've got your 70 that's really good at the state level and then, you know, of course you're going to have the you know few that run it for everybody but then what i another observation that i made is at the national level and this is just doing like national league of cities and everything like that that's where it starts getting a little a little shady um you've got you know because and i will say 50 50 on that yeah. you're adorable man <laughs> Starts get a little shady. Yeah um i think most people would agree with that yeah because that's whenever they start having private meetings and no not everybody can go to these and things and that's where i'm like mm, whose pocket are you in exactly these are this is a conference for elected officials and now you're telling them that they can't come in here and learn mm -hmm, like that doesn't make mm -hmm. sense so that's sort of the take but to now bring it back to your question is there are a lot of different government things like funding that goes towards the sustainability part so they're trying to incentivize and if you are putting stuff towards the sustainability side they want to help you um you know but right now i think that it's sort of in this weird limbo where some people you know don't believe in climate change while the others are just like oh you're stupid like you know mm -hmm. so it's just sort of this middle ground that they're trying to walk so they're trying to incentivize but they can't really say okay no more cutting trees because um, then it sort of turns into like a dictatorship so mm -hmm. i think that that's the line that they're trying to walk is more so not being a dictator but trying to incentivize the yeah. good things that are going that on. makes sense yeah, yeah. teach people to, maybe nice just way of breaking it down don't you would you rather live in a cleaner air pretty area rather than yeah. just industrial and pipes and dirty without Concrete telling someone city. you're an idiot if you don't believe it or you're a snowflake if you do yeah. it's like, you could also just be a good person yeah exactly. it's like, what if we just all were nice to yeah. one another yeah. what if we just picked up trash when you saw it instead of said it's not mine yeah Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just the little things that can add up to make a big difference. Yeah. Well, oh. people here keep saying, you know, why are the bears? Oh, the bears are in my front yard. Well, it's because we're taking down their houses. They, they have nowhere to go. So now they're coming to our front yard. So mm -hmm. if you don't want them in your front yard, save the trees, save mm -hmm. the forest. Exactly. Well, Steph will just put <laughs> Bring a little, it back to our trees. Steph will just put a little bear kennel outside where they're like, you have a free home. Just yeah, come in. They I'm got like, food. I have honey. I have bee. They love beehives, by oh, the way. See? And they think people think beehives and bears, they think because of the honey, but they're not after the honey. Thanks a lot, Winnie the Pooh. I know. They think Winnie the Pooh is in there with the honey. They don't want the honey. They want the pollen. They Ooh. want the good. They want, they want the, the larvae. Oh, and they want the larvae. They want all of it. They don't what want the a honey. Fun fact. Mm -hmm. They took down our neighbor's beehive yeah. not too long ago. It came out in the middle of the night hearing a bunch of thrashing and a bear was just picking up the hive and yeah. throwing just it. Turning it upside yeah. down. Because yeah. they like the larvae. They like the royal jelly. They go yeah. after all the good. And that's what they feed the larvae. Yeah. And the queen is fascinating. Oh they don't want gosh. the honey. Yeah. They rip that part off and go right into the to the brood that box. That is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I've the, been lied to my whole life. Our whole life. Winnie the poo. Come on. That's a good they they almost had it. Almost. Almost. Yeah. So going forward with the holistic realtor aspect, oh, yeah. what do you do in your life that people can kind of follow along with that maybe, I don't know, you do on the holistic approach with your house or your living? What do you do on a data basis? 
So day to day basis, daily, day to basis, a data. Show us the data. Show us your data. <laughs> so much data. You want to try it again? Or are you good? No, I'm no. good. Okay. It's natural right here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so one of the things that I would highly recommend is get some chickens. We've got chickens and I love those things. Like they are absolutely ridiculous. They are basically ornaments at this point because they're useless, but I love them. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean ornaments? <laughs> like, they don't get eggs or anything? And we do get some eggs, but they like, they're the fluffy silky chickens. Oh, they're so, so fun. Oh my gosh. They are the most entertaining animal and yeah. so much fun. As Frankie just did the big, the fluffy. The big fluffy How ones. much work though? And how many chickens do you have? I have 12 chickens. And that's like, that's the legal amount in your yard, right? So, I think my parents have 12 now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, love it. Uh, so the city of Destin, there's just an ordinance for no bad roosters. So as long as somebody, we looked. What's a bad rooster? That sounds objective. LOL. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically if somebody complains about your rooster, then they can do something about it. Like but, a cockle doodle dooler. Yeah, exactly. Cock a doodle doodler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we have a little garage door on ours where we're like, you ain't getting out till after seven. And then, <laughs> then we let them out. Um, but yeah, so I highly recommend chickens because one, you can give a lot of your scraps to them. So I'm plant-based. So the majority of things that I cook are plants. So I'm able to give the scraps to them. And then also we have a composter that literally sits on our counter. It's called a Lumi. Shout out. Um, but it's called a Lumi. She's and like I, looking to sponsor. Yeah, looking, looking for a sponsor. I know. So... Uh, um, but it's awesome because it will create pretty much dirt for you eight hours or less. And wow. so I use that now in our garden, but also for my house plants. Uh, a lot of things that people will probably see me do online is I'm like, please bring nature inside, you know, because we already are in these boxes, you know, how construction is just doing now. Traditional construction is just putting you in a box. So it's very helpful to have plants in your home uh, to not only purify the air, but also it gives you that sense of time too, of time passing. Mm -hmm. So um, so that way you can't get too down a rabbit hole. Um, it's great to have plants in there that can sort of remind you of that time. And uh, let's see, so composting the chickens, the plants. Um, if you can do a rainwater collection system, that's, you know, I know that's sort of pushing it a little bit, but a rainwater collection system is awesome. Love that. Yeah. And what would people do with the rainwater collection, the average show? Yeah. Um, so you're talking about like the system to get mm, like, like, if, like if it were us if we had you this house rainwater you what would, use what it would for you... your garden all that stuff right yeah yeah what? i was about to say basically i would like reuse it for irrigation or if you were if you had chickens or something <laughs> perhaps chickens um <laughs> you know for their water or any type of animal you can do that uh what i really love and especially looking at with the houses that we're wanting to build is uh you can basically create living roofs so and i'm sure you've seen that with the plants hanging off mm -hmm. of it but what you can do now is there's a lot of roof systems that you can put your pollinator plants on it and then as the water filters through now it can filter it refilter it back up through your house and so you can use it for drinking water or for showers wow. or you know whatever you need to do so ecosystem i think ecosystem yeah exactly exactly it's creating an ecosystem mm -hmm. and everybody loves their front yards everyone out here is constantly using sprinkler systems yeah. could you use it for your sprinkler system um yeah i think you can that's I mean, something i wouldn't quote me on that but i i think you probably could yeah most of it is in this i know everyone's in this neighborhood is well water so oh yeah and you can always yeah. tell when it hits the sulfur because everyone's yard starts smelling <laughs> you're like, like what's that smell you're like oh they tapped into the sulfur exactly <laughs> we actually just were at uh the co-op 
uh, in Defuniac, and they were having these chicken coops for sale, and they had some rainwater collections, which yeah. is how you give all the chickens mm-hmm. the water, which is cool. We yeah. really want to get chickens, but we're we go out of town so often that we don't know. Is there a way that people can have chickens where it's less maintenance? Oh, or? they are like the most minimal maintenance animal I've ever had. Tell, um, that, to, now, tell that to my parents. They, that, they treat them like they're puppies. They're like walk them back in every day. Like, yeah. They put themselves to bed. That's what I thought. Like, don't they like go in at dawn and wake up at dusk yeah, or the opposite or whatever? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. just did an overhead cage net type thing because uh, I think uh, Osprey or Hawk came in and shredded one like within seconds. Yeah. Oh yeah, they will mm, for sure. They got a new rooster, so he's like. See another another reason to have a bunch of plants because ours always hide under the elephants that we have. Ah, uh, so, so you let them roam wild. Oh They're yeah, just wild yeah. So free I rangers. Let them out, yeah, so I let them out during the day, and then um, they put themselves up at night. I just go and shut the gate. So how many acres do you guys have? Oh, we are on a quarter acre. And you just and they don't they don't go out into the streets or anything. We're, we're, I mean, they're in our backyard. You have so, a fence. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a fence yeah, yeah, backyard. Yeah, privacy it, fence. How tall fence are we talking? This is like a six foot fence. Oh, so now, no, granted, don't worry about I was going to say a coyote could totally clear it, yeah, but yeah. we don't really have any in our. I know that there are some, and people mm, have seen sure. them. Yes, yes, because we keep destroying their homes. Back to that. Mm. Um, but that'd be downer. <laughs> I know, I know, right? You know, poor little coyotes. Aren't they um, also a mosquito? Homes. Aren't they a mosquito repellent? Don't they eat all the bugs? People who are like bugs. anti, but spraying their houses with all these bug termite stuff. Like, get some chickens. Get some chickens. Well, termites, whole nother. Yeah, thing, that's a yeah. I'm yeah. sure chickens, but all other insects, destroyed. yeah, they, mm-hmm. they take them out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they are awesome. Like I absolutely love them. I want to go back a little bit when you keep talking about where you shifted was being still. Mm-hmm. For people who don't understand what it takes to be still, what would be some tips they could do to get uh, still? What does that look like to the average person? Hmm. It takes. Okay, so there's a reason it's called a practice. <laughs> is because it's something that you have to do on the daily basis. Uh, And if you, I think the easiest thing is breaking it into smaller steps. So a lot of times, you know, what you'll hear a lot is like, oh, the best time to meditate is 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes before you go to bed. But some people, they can't do that. They don't know how to sit still. So my advice would be to maybe set a little timer for a minute, two minutes of just sitting there and just being not looking at your phone not doing anything like that just sit there i promise it's going to be okay it's not um, it's not gonna be okay it's not gonna be okay i have to scroll instagram otherwise <laughs> my brain will life? otherwise i'll have to think and yeah exactly um but i think that because sort of going back to we've been so conditioned to not listen to our guts and to sort of think logically about everything and everything mm-hmm. has to be hard so Um, some of the best piece of advice that was given to me is like, how can you possibly know what your emotional guidance system is trying to tell you if you've got all this noise going on out here and don't know how to listen to it? So if anybody is interested, I would recommend Joe Dispenza. He's a great one. I love following Joe Dispenza on everything. And he sort of shows you how to rewire quote unquote rewire your brain um and what i love about him is he has the science behind it because some people are like oh meditation oh it's woo woo but like no he has the science behind it that shows exactly what's happening whenever you do sit still and whenever you focus on certain things uh and then also if you're just beginning i would recommend the app uh headspace or insight timer i'm a big Mm, insight timer timer fan yeah big insight timer because you can go anywhere from you know three minutes or a one minute here's one minutes of affirmation so anywhere from one to 90 to 120 minutes of you know so whatever stage you are at you can find something for it so that would be 
that would be my advice on that. What I do whenever I get still, and this was taught by my mentor, was going to this place of everything is done. Just sinking into the feeling of everything is done. Because we have a bad Whoa. habit. Yeah, I know. We have a bad habit of people going, well, what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? What do you see yourself doing in five years? Doing, doing, doing. So it's an action. So our brain automatically starts going, okay, well, how did I get there? How did I get there? How did I get there? So you're now setting up all these resistances to the person you want to be. When you think in the space of everything is already done, doesn't matter what it is, but everything is done. Just sinking into that feeling. For me, it's relief and joy. So if I can just sink into that feeling, now I have direct access to that inner energetic person I just created and I bring them here and that's how I make my decisions so it's just more so tuning into the everything is already done just the feeling of it oh I feel that man that gives yeah. me the that inspire that's inspiring right that's there. why everything when it comes to business or whatever it is you you don't say how do I get there you you start at the end and you mm -hmm. work backwards yeah to everything exactly. people plan their own funeral so they know where their life went yeah and people will say <laughs> exactly. if you want to hit an x amount of number work backwards how many products do you have to sell how many service packages do you have to sell mm -hmm. work backwards get that number and yeah. then go get those and then you're there like it's mm -hmm. actually much simpler mm -hmm. than we think but we mm -hmm. hold it in this space of the ether that's yeah. unattainable mm -hmm. yeah people think it's unattainable so they don't look at the end or accomplishment mm -hmm. they start here and like ah, I'm stressed out and just just trying to get there it's like, don't. Yeah, I love yeah. what you everything said. you said was really good. Like so you it. think start with a minute. Every, just start and just, just let the thoughts the come. Just don't yeah. judge yourself. Think of it like a, think of it as clouds. Mm -hmm. Just like see them go and wave them goodbye. Like and be done with it. Yeah. And because I think people have a bad misconception about like you are your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. Like, mm. <laughs> I hope I'm not my thoughts. I really hope so. Um <laughs> don't they say you have like five hundred thoughts a minute or something? Yeah, if something you were crazy. your if we were our thoughts, we'd be psychotic. Exactly. I mean we but all we are. might we be. All, we yeah. might be all yeah, but. we all are. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the advice would be just to take one minute, then work it up to two minutes, then work it up to five minutes and just do that. Cause now on a daily, uh, or I try to do it daily is I can sit, let's say four years ago, I'll give you this example. Four years ago, I, I hated being still, I was told to be still for a month and I was like, Oh no, I gotta be doing something because if I'm not doing something, I'm not valuable. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of, you know, Oh, if I'm not working hard. I'm wasting time, you know, and it's so wrong. It's just so wrong. So back then, you know, like four years ago or so, I couldn't sit still and I didn't want to sit still, but I started forcing myself to, and I'm like, no, I'm going to lock myself in my room until I can calm down and like get everything just to a stillness. Mm -hmm. And now I can sit for 45 minutes to an hour in a meditation, no problem. So it's, working yourself working your way up it's not going to happen overnight that's why it's called a practice so start with a one minute two minute five minute and then keep on going so i love you do a darkness retreat or have you done one i have not i've done the float tanks oh those are great aren't the they? darkness love retreat is where you spend like what like three days three, four days in, in darkness pitch black where oh. you can't see have you have you heard of these no where you don't know the, the silent time. retreats but i haven't heard the darkness of the, retreat the dark it's, silence Aubrey it's, Marcus it's like one, right? the Aubrey, Aubrey uh -huh. Marcus, aaron Rodgers, like uh -huh. before he made his comeback and it's like just they come out as a different person because yeah. you're stuck with your thoughts with no sound no light no nothing and mm -hmm. you come out just like and they say your vision like what happened yeah. in the darkness yeah. the vision actually comes to life and Absolutely. some people are scared of that i can i can understand it it's uncomfortable scary, for sure yeah because you have to be alone with yourself Mm -hmm. There's nothing more terrifying than being alone with yourself. Mm. I mean, there's probably you have a couple to see things yourself. I think a lot of people have fears <laughs> there. They do. Yeah, but it's still your mind. It's what your mind tells yeah. you what tigers are. Tigers aren't 
Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, they're vicious, but <laughs> but to me, there's some people, the biggest fears are being alone with themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so important to learn how to be still in mm-hmm. the safety of your own home. Find, find a spot that can be your sanctuary. I don't care if it's a chair, like, or if it's just your yoga mat. Like, I can step onto my yoga mat and I automatically start calming down because I've now conditioned myself when I'm on my yoga mat, this is the time for me and this is when I'm connecting everything. So I automatically calm down. So if you have just a spot in your house, if it's a cushion, if it's a chair, if it's a certain tile on your floor, I don't care. But start conditioning yourself to every time I come here, this is me time. And I think you'll start to see a difference and you'll be able to start going to that spot and automatically your body starts being able to calm down in that space. I love that you said me time. I think so often with women and moms, you know, they don't have, they lose their identity. Yeah. And so if you can create 60 seconds in your daily routine to just have you time, 60 mm-hmm. seconds goes a long way with parents that have kids. And, Absolutely. You yeah. know, how do you create that space? It's the discipline. It's the practice. Just mm-hmm. get up 60 seconds earlier and mm-hmm. just give yourself just a chance to take that breath. And I don't know if you've ever heard this quote, but it's one of my favorites. It's you pray to God to listen. I'm sorry. You pray to God to talk to him and you meditate to listen. Mm, and to I me, that. to me, yeah. it was the most eye-opening thing. Cause it's like, okay, I can sit here in prayer and talk all the time, but when do you give yourself a chance to really hear it? Mm-hmm. You have to listen mm-hmm. and to be listen, you have to be still mm-hmm. and creating that stillness gives you that opportunity. Exactly. Turn yep. the volume up on the silence. It's the loudest sound. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. So I, I, I love what you're saying. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's being able to tell the difference between what I said earlier, your heart and your mind. Mm-hmm. And once you have learned how to be still, you know the difference in the voices. Mm-hmm. So. So true. Yeah. What's that banging? Is that outside? To build the roof. That's what I thought. Okay. Out of wood. <laughs> Probably. Well, <laughs> well, technically the roof's already there. They're just replacing the asphalt shingles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? I'm sorry, I didn't. No, please. You're heading girls, all the keep going down the. What you got in your little book there? That's just just my diary, dear diary. <laughs> Today I'm going to listen. Today I'm listening. <laughs> I'm not going to talk at all. We'd love for you to talk. No, you're doing great. You come from marketing and video production. It's mm-hmm. the realm that we're in right now. Yeah. How important do you think that is to businesses that say, "Oh, marketing." Ah. I think it's like one of the most important parts, honestly, and maybe I'm a little biased, you know, because I, you know, with Bobby, which is my fiance, his company was video production. And so maybe I'm a little biased because that's a company I was working in. But uh, I think the most important part is being able to get if you have an important message, you need it out there and you need the right people to tell that story. And so I think that it's extremely important. Yeah. I would agree. (laughs) Storytelling. And what does that storytelling aspect set businesses apart from other businesses? I think so. Yeah, because I think if you can, the main thing is connecting with people. So if you can, if your story connects with the consumer or the client or whoever, they're way more likely to use you versus if they just see a billboard somewhere, they don't feel that connection. So I think the message and how you tell the story is super important because ultimately you're trying to connect with whoever that consumer is or client is. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yep. Build trust. Mm-hmm. Build Absolutely. Trust. Yeah. Just like what you're doing. You're coming in with yeah. this passion. You're like, trust me, I can change this. Mm-hmm. And it's contagious. People probably think, finally, Mm-hmm. You know, finally yeah. somebody to change. And this is something I think a lot of people for your generation, and I'm not trying to like pigeonhole you in a certain generation, no, but okay. people would say, oh, millennials are this and they're that and the Gen Z's are yeah. this. 
Thank God for your generation because our generation and older, we've messed it Our, up. I'm a millennial. Me too. <laughs> Technically on the cusp. She's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. But so many people, I think for a while, they're like, oh, you guys are doing things different. Your generation's this. And now we're watching and we're saying, okay, this is a generation that's really going to make the change that we've all been wanting mm -hmm. for so long. I'm yeah. grateful for your generation and those yeah. coming up underneath you. Yeah. Thank God. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a change of perspective. I was, I was raised very old school. So sometimes when they're like, oh, millennials had everything handed to them or didn't have to work. I'm like, I grew up on a farm, very old school. Did you? <laughs> like, yeah. So, so it's different in that, but also I just now, I just became an aunt. So uh, yeah, thank yes. you so much. Yes. So my sister just had a baby and it's that in itself made me put a few different things into perspective of I want to do my part and help humanity because this is the world that she's going to be growing up in. And I know everybody's always like, I'll leave the world better than you found it. And it's sort of cliche at this point, but it's so true. And at this point, I've sort of seen that it's up to us <laughs> because most people I talk to, they're like, oh, I'm going to be dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. And I'm like, thanks. Now it's you weird. left it with it. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, great. Now you left it with me. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. I'll um, clean up your poo. Yeah, thanks exactly. A lot. So yeah. we'll clean it up mm -hmm. and then we're getting yelled at. You're not doing it fast enough. So I think that if just more people, I guess, around the idea of had bigger dreams, like if your dream doesn't scare the shit out of you, your dream is not big enough. Like, <laughs> You know, but going after those big dreams, if you have something that you're extremely passionate about, like the universe is going to conspire to help you achieve it. So it's like putting that dream out there and just knowing that you can make a difference. Some people feel like they can't make a difference. And, you know, that's a whole other talk within itself. But if you can just have that belief in yourself in something that you're wanting to do for the sake of humanity, not just for you, if you're playing small, it's supporting you at best, but it's not really helping much of anybody else. Right. So if you can make it big enough to now start moving outside of yourself and thinking of everybody as a collective whole, like, I think that's whenever magic is really going to happen. Mm -hmm. I would yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Let's I go into magic. the <laughs> I love magic, magic is fun. You know, this quote uh, by Diana Wentworth. Uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with her or not, but something that she said that I absolutely love and I now say it is I wake up every day expecting magic to happen. I was oh. like, I like that. I know. Yeah. And I, so now I do that movie. and now magic happens. And what's cool is once you start noticing the magic, the more it starts to happen. Uh huh? Yes. You know where's magical is Destin, Florida. So <laughs> what, what made you, sure Thanks. good job, David. What Way made you come back. down here and tell us about kind of the situation, the market, the reason why someone should come here. Oh yeah. Why Destin? Oh man. Good one. So this is going to come as a little bit of a shock, but I'm a mountains person. <laughs> Okay. Well, we have some mountains of trash out here. If you want to, exactly right. That's the, our highest point in Florida is a trash hill. Yes. Um, I don't yes. know. But so I love the mountains. I'll just start with that. Like I do love the mountains. Uh, so I actually moved here after college. So. I guess long story short with that is I ended up graduating a year early and nobody told me till it was too late for me to apply for grad school. So they're like, oh yeah, by the way, you're graduating this summer. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Dude, I'm too smart. You're making me leave. <laughs> I know. I'm just so smart and you know, they had to get me out of there. You're making to, everyone to the, look bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go. I know. I had to get into this world and never use my diploma ever again. Oh like, Lord. You know? Um, so. uh, I don't know though. I bet you use a lot of psychology <laughs> in your realm now, oh, don't I do. you? I Every bet. Day. Yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to hire me. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. 
Exactly. Exactly. But you have to get in the minds and the beliefs and the the mindsets of people to be able to. Yeah, Yeah, that's marketing. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. What I've learned is people. All people want is to be heard, loved, and understood. That's it. That's it. If you give people that, that's your trust. That's That's your trust right there. Like, so I go into situations. I love you. I care for you. How can I help? And you're going to get way better response than going in and telling people what they should be doing. You need this. Yeah, you need Men. You need a sustainable home. Uh-huh. Right? You know? like, okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You go into a place, tell them they're doing everything wrong. They're going to be like, get out. What yeah. are you doing? Nobody wants to think they're doing things wrong. No. Like, how do I make not. this better for you? How do yeah. I help you? Yeah. Yeah. Bringing ahead, it back work. to curiosity. Uh-huh. Asking questions. You've got to ask questions. You'd be a great comedian because you come full <laughs> circle with things. You know what I mean? Okay, go ahead. See, I think so. I'm the funniest person I know, honestly. <laughs> I've been laughing the whole time. That's what Steph does too. She's like, I'm so funny. Oh, I, I don't. Know. I don't. I yeah, laugh at do. my own jokes. I love it. You know what? I'm having a good time. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like we said, all those thoughts in your all head, you know? Thoughts in my head. <laughs> exactly. Man, no one else is finding this funny. Like, this is great. I know. I know. Sorry, I, I've drifted. So I uh, went to school, graduated early, ended up uh, sort of messed up my plan. So it was either go back to my hometown or go to the beach. And sacrifices had to be made. So um, I came down here to the beach. <laughs> you chose wisely. <laughs> rough, rough life. <laughs> exactly. Did you guys feel like Destin, though? Isn't this the spring break hub? Did you come here for spring break all no, the time? I you never did. No, Where'd you go, Miami? No. Were you a Miami girl? No. <laughs> I actually didn't really go on a lot of big spring break trips or okay. anything um yeah so what did you home. do i was very sheltered okay um, <laughs> you went back to the farm to work <laughs> i went back to the farm to work <laughs> went to work my life away and painted a fence yeah. um yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i i actually didn't uh I, a few times i came down to panama city with some mm-hmm. friends of mine but i had never really been to destin until maybe just a couple of years before I actually moved here. What made you so, choose Destin? Uh, so my mom had just moved down here. Uh-huh. And so it made me feel a little bit better because I'm coming out of college and, you know, broke college student. So it made me feel better at least having somebody mm-hmm. here. And she still lives here. She lives in Santa Rosa Beach. Um, and then my dad lives in Rogersville, Alabama or <laughs> Elgin, Alabama. Nobody ever knows where that's at. Um, so anyway, so that's what got me down here. Okay. And then uh, the area, the community within itself is just absolutely amazing. And uh, so whenever I met Bobby, who's now my fiance, when we started working together, he really started introducing me to, he was very connected with all the different chambers and everything. And so I instantly started just feeling like this family vibe from everybody and started seeing the same people at the same places. And I was like, because when I first moved here, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's such a big city. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. <laughs> what? It's not. I know. Yeah. yeah. What's where I came from? Yeah, yeah, I came from a community of 900. OK, yeah. like, so. <laughs> I mean, it is a big city, but like you were saying, everyone it's spread out. It, it, it's there are a lot of people here, mm-hmm. but you start seeing the same people. Yeah. And you're like, oh, OK, we're already real. We don't know anybody and we're seeing the same people. Everywhere, it's fun. Right? I love it. Yeah. Oh, okay, but go ahead. Yeah. So it's a community of around 14,000 residents, but we have 5 million visitors a year. That's insane. I know. So it's crazy. Yeah. So it's still, you know, it's a touristy area, but um, if you do want like a tight knit community, they're awesome. It's um, so I'm not going to lie. I know I'm biased because I live there, but the people in Destin are amazing individuals mm-hmm. and they again although we might have different beliefs and values and systems that we believe in 
everybody genuinely wants what's best for the area and the majority of people there either are transplants because they've always just came to Destin to vacation or whatever um, most people are like I want to retire here and I can see why so the sand fun little fact y'all probably already know it but the sand is 99.9 percent quartz so you know so I don't think I knew that oh did you not did you know that Duh. Eli who doesn't know that <laughs> Yeah, so you know, so that. that's what makes our water so special, and the reason that it's like the Emerald Coast, right, um, is because of the sand, but also because we have the Choctahatchee Bay, and so it collects, uh, the majority of the rivers run into that, and so it allows the silt to, like, settle before it comes into our Gulf. So that's why you can go to Panama City or you can go to Pensacola and you're like, wait, their water isn't near as clear as Destin. And it's because of that. Oh. Um, so not only salt water having its healing properties, but now you have mixed in some quartz with it. Got some awesome healing qualities going on, but I won't get down that rabbit hole. Uh, so that's what has had me staying is the magic that it offers here um, between the sand and the water, which most people know, but also the community. So those are like my three big things. Um, but yeah. I love it. How'd you meet Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Story time. So, so I just had a mutual friend of ours uh, named Savannah. I met her at AJ's watching the Alabama Auburn game. Where Eagle. Where? Exactly. So I met her there. And since I had just moved here, she was like, hey, like every Monday, me and a big group of us go to Pepito's, RIP, it's gone now, but she's like, a big group of us go to Pepito's to do Margarita Monday, you should totally come. And so I went, and at the time, it was her and her at the time, fiance, and then Bobby shows up. And so me and him both looked at each other, like, oh, I guess we're double dating now, and just were like laughing about it. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, we're dating. Yeah, I don't, You're like, no, no really. Seriously, put a ring on it. Like, seriously. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yours, okay? You're taking me home. I'm yours, you're mine. <laughs> yeah. So we met and we just, we became like best friends. He started inviting me to go everywhere and I was like, okay, awesome. And so we were we were just going everywhere and um, yeah. And then he ended up asking me out around like six months later. And yeah, I had no idea that he was going to ask me out. How was that? Were you like, uh, are we still going to be friends if this doesn't work? Or did you have any, I, or were I, you like, oh, finally? Well, he asked me out in a very sweet way, so... Um, what did he do? I know. What he said, listen, I'm going to be the mayor. <laughs> of the Munchkin yeah. City. Are you going to be the first lady, or how are we doing this? Yeah, how I hope you're ready for this. Yeah, no, he... Um, sorry. The political realm was not on his radar, really, at that point in time, um, which is funny within itself. But, so, he ended up asking me out he had me like a dozen roses i won't go down like the full rabbit hole but basically he had like a dozen roses he had this scroll wrapped up in this um shell that we had gone on this god awful paddleboard excursion that he took me on and we like picked up these shells and so he ended up wrapping that around the scroll and so one was like just a handwritten note to me that was just sort of like hey thank you for being you and then the other we're big into disney and we're big karaoke people okay mm. yeah fun fact so, all right hit it frankie I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. A whole new world. Like, go for it. So, so uh, he ended up taking lyrics to all these different songs, and it 
went to an it was like a note to me so it started off with like pocahontas the funny things about rivers is you can't sip in the same river twice water's always changing always flowing and then it ended with i don't want to steal your freedom i don't have to change your mind i don't have to make you love me i just want to take your time and then he asked me to dinner and it's sweet right oh so i was like my oh my gosh. god and so i was like how could i say no i said no um <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Not today, Satan. No, but I was like, so, I, you know, and at the time I was like, just had gotten out of a relationship and was like, no, I'd really rather not. Don't want to lead you on, blah, 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 blah. And anyways, he was just like, the best thing he ever did. He was like, dude, we've been friends now for six months. Put a dress on. We're going out. And I was like, okay. And so from there, he took me out on a date, never once made a move on me, and which was so nice. And when we got back to my door, he was just sort of like, hey, you know, hate to be a friend that fell for you, but here we are. So, you know, I don't, I don't have to make you my girlfriend to want to spend time with you. I just sort of want you in my life no matter what. So I just wanted you to know how I felt and like, have a good day. Like, <laughs> you know, so it was awesome. And you're yeah. like, get back here. <laughs> Fine, I'll be your girlfriend. I'm going to ruin you. I know. And so we were together uh, going on six years. And um, yeah, and he proposed to me this past November. So. Oh, my Congratulations. gosh. Yay. How did he propose? That's what he did oh to ask goodness. you to be his girlfriend. I know, right? Did that Was the engagement just as romantic? Um, it was great. We, we like to talk about it that it was sort of, it's great. And then it turns into an SNL skit real quick. <laughs> Um, so basically took me to the Florida caverns. I had a best friend of mine that was staying with us at the time and he was like, Hey, tomorrow we have plans. And I was like, he never really like makes plans like where we have a time that we need to do something. Cause he's very like lenient with times. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, we have to leave by like this time. And I was like, huh? I got in the car with my friend. I like whipped my head around and I was like, what do you know? I know you know something. <laughs> And, and, like, I don't, I don't and she was just like, yeah, he said that y'all are going to the Florida Caverns because it's y'all's anniversary. And I was like, oh, shit, it is our anniversary. So um, it's happening. I know. So that's what threw me off is I was like, oh, it's our anniversary. Oh, OK. And um, so so we ended up going to the Florida Caverns. And then there, there's this certain part of it where they turn off the lights and say, here's what it's like to live in this, um, to live in these caves back in the day. And so they turn off all the lights. We're talking about it. And then when they turn it back on, he was down on one <gasps> Yeah. Uh, in front of everybody. So it was a private tour. <laughs> okay. And this good is where job. it turns good into job, an Bobby. SNL skit. Uh -huh. um, is <laughs> it's a private tour. And he had like told um like the tour guide and everything. He's like, listen, she doesn't want anybody around. So like beat it. We can always like re <laughs> you know, like disappear and then we can always reenact the proposal for yeah. photos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so when they turn on the when they turn on the light, she's like videoing with her phone. Shut and then up. um I'm most people know, but I'm not the biggest fan of children. Like, I'm just not. And in about that time, while Bobby's in the middle of asking me to marry him, this group of 30, like, field trip kids come through Stop. the corner. And I was like, I didn't hear a word you said. Like You were uh, so focused on them. Yeah, I was your so like, oh, my gosh. Um, and so later that night, I was like, no, seriously, I needed to restate all of that because I did not hear a word. Uh huh. Um, well, you could ask Steph. Even if there were no kids, you probably wouldn't have known. You black out. Oh, you do. You black out. I, I made up a whole out. story on how David proposed. And he's like, I didn't say any of that. I was like, I called my mom. I was like, yeah, he said it's been a long time coming. He's like, I never said He's a those California words. boy. Why would he ever? It's been a long time coming, wifey. 
didn't say I don't know what he said. I just was in shock. Yeah. It was very romantic what I said. Yeah. I I'm sure he it could was. make it up. Yeah. He could make it up. And well, I thought there were we people do. hiding. I was like looking around. I'm like, where is everybody? And he's like, there's nobody the here. <laughs> I looking know. under the cushions because he even said he's like all right everybody come out and i panicked i was like who who's here and then i kept thinking there were people there it was just, my mind was just not in the right mindset when you get proposed to you're just yeah yeah exactly you have in your mind what you think it's gonna be you know and then it happens and you're like what this isn't what i thought it was gonna be i know but it's great but it's great it's so sweet oh my god and they're so nervous oh my gosh nervous yeah i'm like did you really think i would say no i live with you i've been with you for six years bro i'm gonna say yes well bobby may have thought that she'd say no she said no the first time (laughs) yeah he may have no he knew i was gonna say yes he He was like that was the easiest thing i ever had to do oh um, really was ask you he was especially in a cave yeah he was like i was he's like that's what i was nervous about is things just working out he was like but he's like you know best decision ever made and the easiest one was asking and i'm like oh what about your ring did you pick it did he oh girl whoa that is so pretty it's a moss agate so my whole thing was i was like i don't want a diamond don't give me a diamond yeah um and i'm very as we talked about like i'm very big into nature and so i really wanted something that um that like I guess corresponded with nature like was compatible with nature and I loved the moss agate and even though everybody was like don't it's a soft stone and like this and that I'm just like I don't care it's like, beautiful yeah so did you uh, design it or did you yeah, pick it up did y'all go it. and look no, at rings but no 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 show the camera they got to see this thing oh. you can do it on your finger <laughs> oh it's so yeah, beautiful it's why would somebody say don't do that well because it's a soft stone okay yeah so for like engagement so you might lose it you, well <laughs> You I might know. break it. I might break it. That's the main concern. I break everything. I can't be trusted. I know. I can't either. Like, yeah. My Don't Apple Watch has a screen protector and an otter box. And I still managed to lose the first, like, lost it. Yeah. Fell off when I did a dive into the water. Gone. Mm-hmm. And I had Gone all forever. these protector things on it and the watch just... Took off. Gone. And you, we, we were filming it so you can see it. <laughs> well, well, you jumped in with it on and then you're like... I did it, and your hand is empty. Yeah. <laughs> and the next shot, so like, like, oh, I'm with you. Yeah, but it, things aren't I'm meant to last forever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the most responsible. <laughs> I'm not. Like, hey, you still have the ring since I do. November. I still have the ring. You yes. done good. It's been four months, so mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm are doing good. Are y'all gonna get married in Florida? Are you gonna go do no. something? Um, <laughs> Bama wedding? No, no. <laughs> Where are you gonna go? I don't know yet. Um, but probably somewhere in the mountains. I'm really wanting to just elope. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm gonna make it easy for everybody. Nobody's invited. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, we'll probably yeah. do like immediate family or something. But good luck. Uh, I know. Uh, but no, I'm such a mountains person. He's such a water person. So probably somewhere that maybe has like a waterfall or something. So I don't oh. know. So if anybody has any ideas, drop them to me. Hey, when we get I'm off doing. this podcast, I'll give you a billion. Perfect. Not yeah. really. I'll probably give you three, but <laughs> it'll be great. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. All right. What else is going on? You got all this holistic stuff. What what goes on in the area that people can be a part of helping any situation, cause, pickups, yeah. tree planting? Trash. Is there anything beach going cleanups? On? Is there, yeah. So Do you know wanted... stuff in the area? Because we're new and we yeah. did beach cleanups all the time in Miami when we were there. Yeah. So there's actually a lot of beach cleanups that happen. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, let me sit here and think about it because there are, so I'm in Rotary, so I'm a proud Rotarian. I'm very proud of What it. is Rotary? What is this? I, you look like a Rotarian. Don't I? Yeah. I know. I was like, vegetarian or Rotarian? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's also good. vegetarian, but yeah. <laughs> what is a Rotarian? I'm Rotary based. So, so glad you asked. Here's my portfolio. Um, so, <laughs> so Rotary is the largest service organization 
in the world. Um, so I think there's around like one point, I think it's 1.5 or 1.7 million members, like Rotarians. Um, yeah. I think that's the Rotarian. first I've heard someone say Rotarian. Yeah. Yeah. Is this just Rotary Club? Is that yep. Rotary Club. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. not a member, so. Yeah. Not exactly. You, will be after you, have to be in, you have to be invited in. Sorry you, about it. Do you get a members only jacket? I, you know what? I need to mention that it's because like a big yeah, R right here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I should get some type of Letterman. You know, yeah, that'd be dope. I agree. Yeah, so we have to be R. invited. <clears throat> exactly. I know you have to be invited, and so I'll see who I can talk to. All about right, it. come on. Well, let's hear about it. What is it? Yeah, yeah. talk about being a Rotarian. Yeah, so it's the largest service organization in the world. Uh, so basically, everything that they do is all about service. So the whole motto is service above self. So um, anything from community projects. So like one thing that we do is like uh, food for thought. So helping pack backpacks. Uh, we do fun raisers that support local charities we typically pick around three and then um also we have uh we're lucky in our club because we have someone zalman who created a nonprofit out in liberia and so basically they have now built a school and like orphanage for kids and which is incredible and so anything from digging wells so people can have fresh water around the world to building wheelchairs for people to like literally every possible thing you can think of service wise rotary is like a part of and so that's what i being a part of rotary helped me realize the how how much you can do when there's a collective effort Mm -hmm. and like how big you can create ripples you know whenever you're doing something good so love it absolutely love it so that's like a little bit about rotarian or rotary um it's very massive though so there's a lot to it and then i'm also part of trees on the coast bobby is executive director for that and um so we do education and conservation so we plant trees uh we do a lot at elementary schools and so teaching the kids about you know the yeah exactly back to Sign trees me yeah i know back to trees <laughs> um and i definitely we definitely need volunteers on that and i've got to start being better about that because bobby has definitely planned a few events and uh it was when we were planting 15 trees at the elementary school and he's like fourth grade class to come to help us i'm like okay awesome and so we're out there and you have like four different fourth grader classes come out and they help us plant like one two three four trees and then i looked at him and i was like let me guess the other 11 we're planting you know so we need more volunteers sign me up <laughs> exactly Call so me. yeah so tree planting uh beach cleanups you can learn about those uh so either either following the rotary or following trees on the coast um there are a lot of local groups that just do it the high school's really good about just getting out there and doing it so um, we can keep you posted on that. And typically I post a lot about it too. If I do have an event that's coming up, I'll post about it on my pages. Uh, so, and then other events is you can have, uh, they do yoga on the beach. So sometimes they'll do it out in front of the crab trap. Um, sometimes there's different sound healing journeys going on. Uh, Float Brothers does a lot of different things around holistic health and healing. So yeah, there's quite a bit mm-hmm. um, once you really get plugged in. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking our language. I know. I want to do all that. We were just talking about it. The only like, problem with Steph involved? is that, you know, if it's before like 8 a.m., she's probably not going to. I would get up for some trees. What about for some yoga on the beach? I would do that too. Okay. Just not every you day. Heard it I did. I, I heard it. Yeah. Shit. I admit to my data suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to edit that part out. <laughs> just kidding. No, I would do it. And I really do want to join Beverly. I hear she does the sound bowl healing journeys. Oh, she's and, amazing. Oh, yeah. She's so cool. Mm-hmm. She's the coolest, man. She's like a fairy. I, I always her. describe her as a fairy. A fairy yeah. mermaid. Yeah, a fairy mermaid. A fairy she just makes me happy. She does. Yeah. She's pure she just joy. She around everywhere. Yes. Like, I just love it. And if y'all don't know who Beverly is, check out the Healing Journey. Podcast. Body yeah. yeah, she yeah. does incredible work. Big shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What could be, what's the future of construction? I know we talked about what people can get involved in locally, but where do you see everything going? 
for the future? Great question. Yeah. I wonder who asked me. It's <laughs> a great question. So the future of construction is one that I feel isn't going to compete with nature, but knows how to harmonize with it. So again, coming back with my comment of like silly little humans think that we know more than nature and you know, now nature is really showing herself and we're like, oh, we don't know anything and we can't even make structures that, you know, can outstand rate, you know, can withstand mm -hmm. nature right now. So I think the main thing is going to be building structures that harmonize with nature. And so, uh, again, with not clear cutting, but learning how to build around nature, making it fit into the environment and then, um, you know, even using native landscaping. So that's just a small component of it. Um, houses that can actually generate their own energy, that can recycle, reuse their water, uh, you know, so with rainwater collection systems or the pollinator plants, whatever it is, uh, the designs, I think, will use more of the fractal patterns and more looking to nature for design and looking at you know, you right now people look at lots, but they just look at the lot lines and maybe the elevation on it before they really start designing homes. But I think more so now looking at the trees that are on the property and learning how to design your home around them. So, um, which is really exciting, especially if you're using something like 3D printing technology to where you can build around nature. Oh, I see. Right? I see. So, you know, bring it back to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But Dropping little hints. Exactly. I gotcha. Um, and especially with, you know, the hurricane regions and everything, that's something that one of the first places we're trying to go is with areas that have been affected by hurricanes and still haven't been able to rebuild like Port St. Joe. Mm -hmm. And that happened in 2018 and it's still devastating. There's still people that live in campers on their lot because they can't afford to build a home. Mm -hmm. So making houses that are energy efficient, sustainable, um, and affordable, it, maybe saying attainable versus affordable, people get the wrong idea when you say affordable housing, uh, but attainable housing. And because I think that everybody deserves somewhere that they feel safe in, and that's like our root of what we need is stability, right? And just security and feeling safe. And I think that everybody deserves that and shouldn't have to, you know, work an arm and a leg off in order to do that and have that. So just creating housing that everybody can get into it just spreading to a wider range of people and then also future of construction coming into communities so having communities that have the uh community garden and you know just reconnecting people back to nature i think is just the main thing future of construction is going to reconnect people back to nature because we forgot that we are a part of nature and that's been the struggle so yeah y'all must have forgot you must have forgot i understand now what you're talking about with the passion when you speak i'm like I get all giddy. I'm like, yes, praise let's the Lord. Do it. Like I can see that energy that you channel that mm -hmm. when you go into a room and you start speaking, people, ma they're magnetized to it. You have a very Thank magnetic you. passion. It's a no brainer. And I'm really freaking excited for you. I'm pumped. Because if I'm stoked and I'm just somebody who does, who just moved here, I can imagine the, the, the change that you're going to bring in such a positive way. And I'm really excited for you. Really excited for you. Thank so you. Thank yeah. God for that reading that came to you that said mm -hmm. real estate. Mm -hmm. It needs it needs to change. Yeah. And, and people need the stability. Mm -hmm. And I just I you're the perfect person for it. So I'm sorry you have to be <laughs> the way shower and the one to go in and just be like, I'm here to fuck shit up. But you're the one to do it. Yeah. You're uh, the one to do it, man. So good for you for stepping into that calling and for saying yes. And I'm just I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I feel that anybody that is getting into this role of like, okay, now we're going into the future of sustainability, you're going to have to jump a lot of hurdles because coming back to the people are scared of change. 
And I think the thing about me is I'm not scared of hurdles. I'm just like, well, somebody's going to have to jump them. So why not me? So we're going to see what happens. We're going to just try to pave the way for, exactly. <laughs> for people. Yeah. But it starts with also changing the mindset. So that's why if you ask people what I do, depending on who you ask, they probably will all tell you something different. They'll mm -hmm. be like, oh, Becca loves essential oils. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, Becca's a vegan cook. Um, oh, she's a holistic realtor. And they're like, what the hell is a holistic realtor? I'm like, one, it got your attention, didn't it? Sure I did, did my job. You know? <laughs> so sure did. Exactly. Yeah. So depending on who you ask, but my whole thing with that is just trying to shift some mindsets around to just think about things in a different way. I'm I'm wanting to solve problems. And I think the whole reason that I wanted to even be on podcast to begin with is because I'm trying to answer problems that I cannot solve by myself. It has to be a collective effort. I can't do it by myself. So if I can get people to start asking the questions of like, well, what would happen to insurance rates if houses were indestructible? Or why do we keep building with sticks? We learn nothing from the three little pigs. If I can just bring those questions out and let people start asking those questions, I think that that's when real change is going to take place because, you know, that's when you start talking to the government and you start talking, hitting on more of the things of here's what we need to be doing. And now people are interested because they are wondering why do we keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results that's mm -hmm. insanity so we don't know what we don't know don't know what you don't know and exactly. we live in this world like this and it takes someone like you to say hey pull it out a little bit pull this focus out let's just mm -hmm. see a little bit more mm -hmm. you're asking the questions that people don't even think to think about mm -hmm. yeah yeah it takes your kind of brain yeah. and your stillness <laughs> and your listening to just be like ah, i love yeah. it yeah because at the end of the day it's just sort of acting as like a vessel for mm -hmm. I, like today before I came on I was like okay what does my heart want me to say because this isn't me my logical brain isn't going to get me through this and because I'm going to try to perfect every single answer that mm -hmm. comes through mm -hmm. but if I can just sort of get through like what's my heart trying to say because everybody's connected everybody's heart is connected so I think that if I and if everybody could learn to speak from there you're going to connect with a lot more people and then people will start opening their eyes and waking up and being like yeah why are we doing that? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of my goal with mm -hmm. all of this is just get people, get people asking questions. Yeah, I think it's working. Yeah, <laughs> starting with Destin, but exactly. it's only going to get more broad from here, which is good. If yeah. people want to help or get involved or support what you're doing, is there something they can do or somewhere they can go to learn more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I actually just now built my social medias. Thank mm -hmm. you for asking. <laughs> um, <laughs> So um, as of just for me, and if you're wanting to follow as far as my journey and just more of like the holistic real estate thing, uh, that is so Instagram is barefoot with Becca. So barefoot underscore with underscore Becca. I spell Becca B-E-K-A-H. It always throws people off. So uh, that and then on Facebook, it's Becca Holistic Realtor, Becca Manley Holistic Realtor. And then if you want to know more about the sustainable housing and what we're looking to do here in the near future, which is exciting and it's my baby, um, you can go to our website. Don't make fun of it. I literally just built it and I know nothing about websites. So um, it's just a landing page, but we can get your email. And that is where I'm first going to be sending information is to everybody that's on the email list. And that's Thea, so T-H-E-I-A, development.com. Thea Development. Mm -hmm. I love it. Does Thea mean something to you? Yeah. So actually my business partner, Joe, came up with the name and me and him have two totally different reasons of why we love the name. And I, and I love them both. And it's funny because he's very the analytical, like he took this idea, turned it into an opportunity. He's amazing at doing that. 
and then I'm very much like the crazy, like, oh, just let magic handle it. Like, it's fine. So his thing is the reason he liked the name is because of one of the moon theories having the it was the second planet called Theia uh, crashed into Earth. And then the parts of both Theia and the Earth created the moon. If we didn't have the moon, we wouldn't have life here as we know it on Earth. And I typically take that a step further of like, you know, the direction that we're going, this is like a critical time. If we don't change how we're doing things, it's going to change life as we know it here on Earth. If we change how, we, how we're doing things as a collective, it's going to change life as we know it here on Earth. So I love that. So that's his. And then what I love about it on my side is Thea is the Greek goddess of light, sight and vision. So oh, <laughs> I like yeah. it. See, there's your story. There it is. Now you know Thea development, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. they uh, both make sense. <laughs> they both make sense. Exactly. They both I make like sense. mine better. He said they both oh, make sense. He's making see, a that he's went, making a dad joke pun. Wow. It went over my head. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to explain it to you. <laughs> I live with them. I'm used to these ridiculous things. Exactly. That's okay. I can't wait to have you back on at the end of the year when you guys have launched and mm -hmm. you can dive more into the nitty gritty. Exactly. But until then, we'll be looking forward to those email blasts. Yeah. And getting absolutely. some information as you guys evolve. And if there's anything we can do to help support you along the way, please don't hesitate to reach out. We love what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Becca, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. That's a wrap with Becca. We'll see you guys next week for episode 19. See you. See you.